Welcome to the Friends of Zane Adams, aka FAZA Podcast, bringing awareness of postpartum depression, suicides, and the children who are left behind. We'll be spotlighting positive outcomes from mothers as well as healthcare experts and counselors. Would you know the signs of PPD? Would you know how to help a loved one? Stay tuned. As a community, we can do more to support maternal mental wellness. Welcome, FAZA fans, and thank you for joining in on a new FAZA podcast. This is Paulette Smith, and it's 2024. Happy New Year. This is episode 28. We're stepping into the new year, and I would like to extend to you a message of love, hope, and optimism. I want to thank you again for sticking with us, and we hope the new year will bring you peace, love, and prosperity. If you have not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do it now and click notifications to get an alert for all the new episodes. Before beginning, I need to say a few words about triggers. This is a safe place. However, we may discuss topics that can be sensitive and may act as a trigger for some members of our audience. The content we discuss serves to provide information, education, and advocacy only. If you are experiencing an emergency, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 988. And if you're not experiencing an emergency, you're seeking consultation, then please check with your doctor or professional caregivers. And if you feel that your voice is still not being heard, please don't give up seeking help. Visit us online at fazainc.org and we'll try to assist you in finding resources in your local area and you're never required to provide us with any private or sensitive information. This episode is going to be a bit challenging because January 2nd is the calendar day when Christina died by suicide in 2018. She left behind an infant son and a family who will love and miss her forever. And that's why this podcast is dedicated to providing peer support and information with resources for children who have lost a parent to maternal suicide. It's a difficult conversation to have, and yet I'm hoping it's going to provoke thought and awareness in you and that you will share the resources with others if there's a need. And while we focus on providing comfort to children and families affected by uh, maternal suicide, I believe that this information will actually be beneficial to anyone who's on a journey of grief, anyone who's lost a loved one or a friend. Now, when Christina left us, our family was frozen. We were frozen in grief. And like many others, I don't know if we would have actually used this information had we, you know, had it at our disposal, but we didn't. We were clueless. The grief is so personal. It's such a tragic time in families' lives, and everyone grieves differently. So the places I'm sharing with you today, we'll just put them on our website. And the purpose for putting all this together is to place the information where it can be found. We want to make sure it's accurate as possible, because at the time of this broadcast, we found many broken links and bumps along our research path. We always want to provide a path 
that's easy to navigate. We want to provide you a path that is easy for you to get the information you need. So let's get started. The Dougie Center website and the Dougie organization. Their mission is to provide grief support in a safe place where children, teens, young adults, and their families can share their experiences before and after death. We highlighted them because they have a large volume of resources, including tip sheets, activities, podcasts, and a lot of information, a library of information personalized for each individual, and they have personalized toolkits. So you definitely get the resources you need there if you have anyone in your circle who needs them. The next place we looked at was Comfort Zone Camp. Their mission is to empower grieving children to fully realize their capacity to heal, grow, and lead more fulfilling lives. The Comfort Zone is a nonprofit organization that provides bereavement camps and programs for children who've experienced the death of a parent or sibling or close loved one, including those who have lost a parent to suicide. We highlighted them because they put words into action with these personal you know, experiences for grieving children, virtual activities and in-person activities. The next place I'm going to bring to you is the National Alliance for Children's Grief, NACG. The National Alliance for Children's Grief is just that. It's national. It's a nonprofit organization that raises awareness about the needs of children and teens who are grieving a death and provides education and resources for the people who support the children. We highlighted them because they're based in Texas, but they offer national resources. They have a national directory. They have grant opportunities. If you have an organization that aligns with them, their grant opportunities encourage advocacy and membership as well. Next, New York Life Foundation. The parent company here is New York Life Insurance. And I know many of you have heard of that. And we don't usually do large corporations as far as resources, because sometimes our audience can get lost in there. But we found a very on point and very excellent brochure that's dedicated to grieving children and families. And also we brought up New York Life Foundation because in the future, we're going to delve into some strategies related to insurance and financial planning to support the children who've been left behind. So we're going to be doing some more research there. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss that episode. And then there's one common bond. Those of you who are FASA followers, you'll recognize the name One Common Bond as a grief support branch of 4R Gatekeeper Suicide Prevention Training. They are a partner with FISA, and their mission is to provide grief support to those affected by sudden and tragic death, most purposefully suicide. They provide assistance and resources from the initial time of loss and continue to support the family during the long-term grief journey. This is a wonderful organization and a mission to learn about and share with others because they have online training and it's free. Now this list goes on and on 
and we continue it on our website. I was a little disappointed to find in my research that many wonderful resources that I found were outside of the United States. You can check those out too. Good advice is good advice, no matter where it comes from. But you know, FASA operates within the United States. And we'll just look at other avenues as we move forward, any avenue that advocates for maternal mental wellness. The resources we provide, even though they're based in the United States, uh, they do have, we try to make them have national reach. You know, we go by zip code and we try to find resources within 10 miles of any inquiry of any zip code that comes into us. We want the information to be beneficial. Of course, we don't want to overlook the resources that might be very close at hand, such as the qualified and professional online support groups that you can find, counseling and therapy services that we have listed on our site and are listed widely in many other organizations that support maternal mental health. School counselors and social workers, very close by, but you have to reach out because they don't always know what is going on unless they're told. Churches are a great resource. And libraries. Of course, community service centers, they have a broad range of resources. But once again, you have to look into them in your specific area and find out what they have to offer. In every approach, though, it's essential to consider the child's age and their individual needs. Of course, we wouldn't speak to a three-year-old the same way we would speak to a 13-year-old. And while some children may benefit from group support, many others may only thrive with one-on-one -on -one counseling. So that means you may want to explore professional help in even choosing the counselor's or the therapy sessions that best suits the child's circumstances and their comfort level. You know, we always want to incorporate your feedback. And so if you're listening and you have a resource or you have professional skills specifically for children and families who've lived through the suicide and the grief of a mother, please connect with us. Now, just for a moment, I want to talk about a very sensitive subject. So I've almost decided not to do it, but my heart led me to go ahead and I believe, I believe in following your heart. So here goes. Explaining the death of a loved one to a small child, that can be challenging, especially if you're not religious or you have no spiritual belief. Just think about it. If you and your family follow a faith, then that spirituality can lead you onto a path that over time will bring you comfort, bring you peace, and provide strength and ease the grief from your loss. However, if you experience this heartbreak and you want to provide a secular explanation for the departure of a mother due to suicide, well, that conversation can be more of what not to say as in what is said. What I mean is it takes careful, considerate, healthy and sensitive ways to approach that conversation. So I added some points that are researched on for when the tragedy occurs and there is no spiritual guidance. There are a few things that we want to think about. One, using honest, simple, and age-appropriate language. 
You want to be sincerely comforting and you want to avoid euphemisms. And this was something I learned. Don't use terms like gone to sleep because that can be confusing to a child who may fear, start fearing uh, going to sleep. It's often clearer to use direct language, like died, and there's lots of literature and resources that will help you pick the right language because it is typically the time that a long journey is going to occur between you and the child if you are the one that's going to be comforting that child for life. We don't want them to have fear. Also, encouraging their questions. Let the child know they can ask questions and they can ask as many as they want. Children can be amazingly perceptive when they feel safe and protected. And remember most of all, to share the best memories and the positive moments because memories are a way of staying close to our loved ones. As I said when I started, for those who are strong in their faith, the conversation with a child about death can be less painful because of our spirituality. Personally, for myself, even though Zane was only one month old when Christina died, and he was too young to require a lot of verbal explanations, I could not have come this far except by faith and leaning on the Lord. That carried me through, and I was blessed with the idea of starting a video series of books called My Mommy is a Cumulonimbus, where I could explain to Zane, when he was much older, and maybe I wouldn't be here, how much his mommy was loved and that she was safe and in heaven. I invite you to visit the Faza website and YouTube and see the stories of Augie Faza Bear and My Mommy is a Cumulonimbus. I want to add that the entire idea of forming the nonprofit for Faza, this podcast, and the educational scholarship that we developed, they're all a part of the grieving process for Christina, but in a positive way. So if this is your first time listening, please visit our site and learn more about Faza. As adults, no matter how different our beliefs about death and afterlife may be, I think we can agree that supporting a young child through the loss of a mother due to suicide will be a life-altering journey for everyone. And if you're struggling in communicating with a child, if you know anyone who is, please consider seeking the support of a professional therapist or counselor who specializes in grief and children's emotions. Children are not like adults. We know that, but sometimes we forget because they can appear to be so resilient, but they do not have the coping skills of adults and they need special care. We keep in mind that grieving is a process. And as we grow and interact with our children, and as they grow and interact with their peers, they're certainly going to need ongoing support and reassurance. Our job as family members, caregivers, loved ones, and the community is to provide patience, understanding, a safe place, and encouragement for them to express their feelings, and ask questions as they process their grief. If you're feeling challenged in finding resources in your local area, please remember to visit our FAZA Finder resource 
and we'll help you find support in your zip code. You never need to provide any sensitive or confidential information. Well, Faza fans, that's it for this episode. And I hope this new year will bring you joy and all that you wish for. This is Paulette Smith signing off in loving memory of Christina LaShawn Thompson Adams. Bye-bye.